everyone. Thank you for listening to Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. I'm Jonquil Newland, the director of Kids Central TN. Childcare deserts. It's a term that many parents of young children have likely heard more often in communities across Tennessee. A childcare deserts or the lack of childcare services in certain counties is a growing problem. In 2018, several Tennessee counties were listed as not having adequate childcare options. Now that list includes counties like Sumner, Sevier, Montgomery, Davidson, Robertson, Hardin, and Madison County, and that's just to name a few. Now counties considered to be on the child care distress list include McNary, Hardiman, Perry, Grundy, and Bledsoe counties. And again, that's just to name a few. Now here in Davidson County, the number of child care centers have decreased over the last two decades, even with the amount of new residents and families moving into the area. Tennessee also ranks as one of the top states when it comes to child care costs. A 2016 report showed that Tennessee families pay an average of about $7,400 a year for child care. That's about $700 a month. Now, child care is so much more than having enough facilities. It also requires round-the-clock support and resources for parents, those child care educators, employees, and entire communities. Now, one state organization's mission is just that. I'm talking about the Child Care Resource and Referral Network based out of Chattanooga. This statewide network is funded by the Tennessee Department of Human Services and provides support, information, and advocacy for anyone working to support the development and learning of all children in Tennessee. Now, Heather Hicks is the Chief Officer of Statewide Initiatives with CCRNR and joins me now. And Heather, thank you so much for being a guest on Roots and Wings. Thank you for having me today. I do want to get into, and as our listeners just heard, I mentioned the term child care desert a few times. Can you give our listeners a little bit better of an idea of, of how this is a growing statewide problem? Sure. This is not only a statewide problem, but it is also a national problem. And I think one of the things that's important for us to remember is when we're thinking about a child care desert, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, The Child Care Aware of America, which is a nonprofit um, group that looks at child care across the United States, their definition is uh, that there's not adequate care for children who need child care. So in a county where there are children who could qualify for child care, there's not child care there. And that's when we have a desert. And the desert can be an issue for those families who need child care, depending on when they work, what's their work schedule. Um, are they having to use family and friends to fill the gap in their child care? Are they able to afford child care? And so all those things together help contribute to a child care desert. In addition to understanding how to run a small business, some of the other issues and that can contribute to this, and one of them is unfortunately people still consider childcare um, babysitting, mm-hmm. and it's really a profession. We have childcare educators; most of them have some sort of education beyond high school. They're getting their associate's degree, they have a bachelor's degree, they have a master's degree, and they are taking care of children. They are professionals, so nationally and here in the state we're really working on making sure that people understand the professionalism that goes along with that the other piece is the low income wages that's a factor for people in child care which then creates a shortage of available child care educators to help staff and work the classrooms the average 
yearly salary in the state of Tennessee for somebody who's working in a childcare classroom is only $21,000, which works out roughly to about $10 an hour. That's sad. That is sad. And and part of the issue is you can get a job. When people say, I'm leaving to work in fast food because I will make more money, they're really not kidding. There are fast food and retail places that offer more than you can get while caring for young children. That that. And not only because I, I know a lot of early childhood educators specifically, they do love children and they do it. Well, teachers in general, they do it not for the pay. But how often and how long is this going to continue until there's really, I mean, are they really serving our children the best they can if they're not even able to serve themselves with the salary that they're, they're getting provided? Exactly. I can I can say that I know that the Tennessee Department of Human Services is aware of this and they hear this. And I think if if we wait and watch for some wonderful things that are going to fold out in the next few months coming from the Department of Human Services around the child care piece, I think we're they are really trying to answer this question. They have already um, decided to and have committed to raising the subsidy for child care educators who are taking care of those children who qualify for the subsidy program. And this is the first time that's happened since 2008. That's going to be a great relief. Not only is it going to help the child care owner, operator, director, it is going to help families who need that assistance. And uh, there are different ways that families can get in on the subsidy program. And it, it varies um, for how they qualify. But if for for example, teen parents can get in as long as you know they qualify. Children in foster care qualify. Parents who are part of first uh, families qualify. Parents who are going back to school, working and working on a post secondary degree, as long as they under Smart Steps, they can qualify. All of this is on the Tennessee Department of Human Services website at tn.gov under um, Human Services. So I encourage anybody who's thinking about or knows a family, you know what, I think this person could qualify. They absolutely should send them there to find the information that they need. Heather, in your experience, is it difficult to get the word out to the people? You know, because something like this, the subsidies are going to be a dramatic help for parents and families. Um, But also, how are they going to know about it? (laughs) You know, sometimes I feel like there's, especially for the people, certain organizations are trying to reach for those resources, those that audience necessarily isn't always looking for the information, number one, but number two, don't don't know about it to begin with. <laughs> so is that, a, is that a challenge sometimes? That it you can know? be yeah. a challenge, absolutely. Um, one of the ways that the Child Care Resource and Referral Network is really trying to help meet that challenge is to provide that information to families as we're in the community working with them to talk to them about how do you even find quality child care. And one of the things that we do is to say, here are some resources that you may be able to qualify for, and we really encourage people to do that. I know that... Um, it's on the websites of the at the Department of Human Services website. We try to have links from our website, and we just try to get that information out as much as possible. And I, I have 
to I would be remiss if I didn't uh, put a plug in. So excuse me, Heather. But also this information, including the information that Heather is is saying, can also be found in Kids Central TN. Absolutely. Um, so and I'm you know we here at the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth are now housing Kids Central TN. I'm the director, and it's it's such a wonderful um, avenue for resources, and it'll plug you in to organizations just like CCRNR, the Department of Human Resources, and and everything you need. Going back to some of the child care desert talk, Heather, I'm I'm curious to know what your what you'd like to talk about in regards to the rural communities. Uh, I think they uh, get left out often for most resources in any realm, uh, child care included. But do you see child care deserts happening more often in rural communities, or or is there? Well, what's your just your experience? I think it. I think in some ways it does, but I also think. I think people are surprised to find out or would be surprised to find out that Davidson County in some areas is experiencing a child care desert. You would think, okay, it's Nashville, it's highly populated, but the truth is it happens there and it happens also in the rural areas just as much. Um, we know that child care deserts typically happen in the low-income communities. They happen in the rural communities. They ex- are experienced by families who need that infant care because infant care is more expensive and it's harder to find. And it also happens for those families who have non-traditional or irregular work hours. So those families that need care from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. can be a super challenge. So when you're in the rural area and you're already experiencing some of these um, issues around lack of resources, that can absolutely contribute to that. So I think one of the things that our governor has really committed to, as well as the Department of Human Services, is to really try to reach those communities and find those people who might be interested in opening in child care and helping them get the resources that they need, connecting them with the pre-licensing orientation, connecting them with the Chamber of Commerce, connecting them with small business um, loans, whatever it is that they need to try to help set that up to make that happen. Now, the, the part of what you'll see in the rural area is while there is the child care desert for licensed child care, some, some child care is happening. So our goal is to really help to identify who's taking care of children in their home to make sure we can try to help get them the resources that they need and to perhaps get them on the path to becoming a licensed child care agency. Because once they're licensed, they also can qualify for various programs and resources such as the subsidy program. And you bring up a good point, uh, because as, as I was trying to do just a little bit of research into this, Heather, I realized there are, as you mentioned, there might not be licensed child care facilities, but they're unregulated. If if a parent were weighing their options, if, especially if they don't have many, um, what would your advice be if they are really heavily considering a facility or a person who's not technically licensed or regulated? really want them to do their research and look at what happens when a child care agency is licensed, what are the rules, what what guidelines do they need to follow, what is available. And so it, beyond just taking care of your children, you want your children to be in a place where they're safe and they're happy. So if I have some sort of regulation happening, you know that somebody is coming in to check on those things on a regular basis. So you have a sense of security with that piece. And if something should happen, then you have an avenue to follow, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
So I would really ask parents to look at the resources that are available online, to look at the CCR on our website, to look at the Kids Central website, at those pieces of information that says, here's what you need to look for when you're looking for child care. And really look at weighing those options of, am I going to go with unregulated care or am I going to go with uh, a licensed child care agency? And the struggle is something that parents really go through because part of that has to do with the cost of putting your child into child care. And so sometimes in order to meet the need for the cost, parents go in that direction. Yeah. Do you think there is something the state could do a little bit more of to help recruit good people, good businesses who want to get into child care? It seems like if there's such a shortage, why aren't we recruiting more? That's a really good question. Um, I think that there are some things that are happening that we may not be aware of that are happening. I know that we have uh, the Family Child Care Top Star organization, and they work um, and they are work for and are all about family child care in the state of Tennessee. They are working really hard with their mentors to find those unregulated child care, if you will, to help talk to them and mentor them and try to lead them into becoming a licensed child care agency. So there are some things that are happening, I think, that we just don't, they're not very public about it. There are businesses such as Volkswagen in Chattanooga and Erlanger Hospital in Chattanooga that have child care right there at their business. Um, And I'm sure there are others across the state that I'm just not familiar with. But I think if some of our larger businesses looked at that model about having child care available, I know that the university systems do it. Um, I think that could really help as well to have that quality child care in place. Good point. Very good point. And I, I want to bring this up as well because I don't have any children yet myself, but I do know many people around my age who have those children who are just coming of age to get into child care. And it's been brought to my attention that the three big things that they are always are looking for is the access or availability, the affordability, and then the quality. Are there other things that you know of that parents are always kind of on the lookout for in regards to looking for child care? Those are the big three. I think that most parents are are really concerned about, as well as transportation. So for those families that might, transportation may be an issue. Is my child care on the line, on the bus line? Is it near my public transportation so that I can get there? Are they open the hours that I need them to be open? Again, if I'm working a non-traditional shift, what am I going to do with my children? So are there those 24-hour child care agencies available for me? Um, accessibility and affordability are, are two big pieces that parents really, really look at as far as quality, because I want quality. We all want the best for our children. Any parent that you ask is going to say, what I want is the best for my child to make sure that they're ready, not only for school, but they're ready to be the citizens that we need them to be. So are they going to get that quality? But at the same time, am I only going to be working for childcare? Because that can happen. So am I going to be able to afford childcare and get the quality that I need as well as access it easily? I think those are the big pieces. And what we can do is try to help help with all of that. I think as we professionalize 
the industry as we professionalize the fact that those early childcare educators, they are working with our children during that age where the brain is developing in such an amazing way. That zero to three, zero to five, the brain is just developing. And that interaction and that work that's happening at that age through zero to five is really important and really can launch children forward so that they have some additional success. So how do we make sure all that's in place for families when they need it? You bring up a really good point, Heather, in the fact that you're exactly right. The the early, early, early years, those early childhood educators are helping to develop the brains of those young children. So why aren't they getting paid more? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's we could talk about this all day long, but, you know, it's just like, oh. I would love to be able to solve the problem. Yeah. I would really love for us to somehow be able to say... If you're working in early child care, especially if you have a degree, you have put in four, two years, four years, six, if you've gone beyond and you're working at this, how do we make sure you're compensated for the work that you're doing? Because it's it's work that we can't see immediately. The payoff, if you, if you want to think about it like that, for investing in these early years, we're going to see it down the road in so many different ways. That's a very good point. I hope our listeners are paying attention to this. I want to talk a little bit about the coaches that CC and CCRNR provides, because I understand while you guys are based out of Chattanooga, you have your hands in every single district region of the state, uh, and you provide coaches. So is that correct? And talk, talk, to, talk to me a little bit about exactly what your coaches do and who are they out coaching? Sure. So the Child Care Resource and Referral Network is in we have divided the state up into eight regions, if you will, and we have a CCRNR office in five five regions. So, for example, we have a CCRNR office in Knoxville. We have one in um, Clarksville that serves the middle portion of the state. We have one in Chattanooga who serves the southeast portion. We have one in the southwest that serves all the western counties with the exception of Memphis, and they have an office there. And then we've broken down, we've broken those areas down a little bit more. So while Signal Centers holds the contract, if you will, or, or is the managing agency for us. We do subcontract out with nonprofits and some edu- higher education to have and to manage the child care agencies in some areas. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. It can get complicated. <laughs> <laughs> People's eyes start to glaze over at this point. Like, okay. <laughs> so um, so we're, we're out. And so we are in all 95 counties. We have quality coaches and they're our most broad, their knowledge of best practice, child development, quality assessment, licensing, they have a very broad knowledge. And they focus a lot of their time working in child in the early childhood classrooms, working with those educators with what they need. And they will provide training and technical assistance where they come in and work in the classroom as well as coaching. So an educator can say, hey, these are the goals that I would like to work on. And that coach is there to help them work on those goals and dive a little bit deeper. We also have infant toddler coaches and their focus is absolutely that zero to three age range. And they work with those infant toddler teachers to make sure that they have what they need, understanding 
safe sleep, understanding shaken baby and abusive head trauma, making sure that they understand what is quality care for those infants and toddlers. Then we have health safety and well-being coaches, and their focus is really about the health and safety and well-being that happens in the classroom. They focus on emergency preparedness, those social emotional connections that need to happen in the classroom. They focus on health and safety issues that might be happening in the classroom. So if there is a high risk issue, they will come in and work with the teacher and educator around those to make sure that those don't happen, as well as the well-being of children in general. And then we have our family engagement coaches, and their focus is working with families specifically in providing consumer education to make sure that families know how to find quality child care. Where do I go on the state website to find quality child care? How do I look for violations? I'm not sure if people realize that when you're looking at child care or looking at the own place where your child is, you can go online to see what licensing violations have happened and are they severe and what's happening around those. So all that information is available. So the family engagement coaches work with families with with making sure they understand how to get it and how to access it. They also work with within the community and community partners who are working with families, families who may be experiencing homelessness, families who are refugee, uh, families who are new to the area, making sure that they have a way to understand how to find quality child care and what what you know what are what should I be looking for as my child develop and what's that checklist that was going to help me so all of our coaches work together as a team in each region to make sure that the educators and the families and the community partners have what they need and understand what quality child care is all about so we really work not only in the early childhood classroom, we're working with families and we're working with community partners to make sure that we keep the child in the focus of everything that we do. Every angle of anyone touching a child's life is obviously impacted by your coaches. If if someone were to hear this and were like, well, you know, maybe a CCRNR, CCRNR coach would be great to have at our next meeting or speak to a group. Can anyone sign up to have a coach come and speak or what's, what is that process like? Sure. Um, everything that the CCRNR does is free. We do not charge for any of our services. That includes the training that we provide, the technical assistance, um, any anything that we do. So sometimes people are like, you know what, I'd like to learn more about what your family engagement quality coaches are doing and how they might be able to help me serve the families that I'm serving. And it's absolutely appropriate to go on the website at tnccrr.org and to look up for the information to contact the coach in your area and they can come out and talk to you and tell you what we do. A lot of our services are very specific around early care and learning. Um, We don't work directly with families as far as like a case management process, Mm -hmm. but we will say here are some resources in your area that might help you with some of the issues that you may be facing as a family or something that you may need to meet the needs of your family. Have you ever done any work as a coach yourself, Heather? I'm curious. E- years ago. Years yes. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I'm, and I'm also curious, which which avenue were you assisting in as a coach? How did I start yeah. with the CCRNR? Yeah. 
That's a great question. When I started with the CCRNR probably a little over 12 years ago, I came in as the Strengthening Families Coordinator. Gotcha. And so we really work on the protective factors that help make families strong and thrive and healthy, which all families need. And so that is where I came in with the CCRNR. And my passion has always been how are we going to help families? How are we going to hear their voice? Because they have a voice. And oftentimes, I think as professionals, sometimes we tend to say, here's what you need. And then we're like, well, why didn't they show up to this presentation or this training? Because we didn't ask them what they need. So they, they have needs and they have things that they want to hear from. And so I think to engage families so that they are really invested, we have to ask them what they want. So we started with the protective factors. And I think one of the things I'm most proud about of our CCRNR is that when we're working, we try to keep those five protective factors in mind, almost as our framework of everything that we're doing, because everything leads back to the child. Mm-hmm. In the future of the child and how are we going to take care of that so i started on that path with um, strengthening families and that had to be a great experience though it was wonderful yeah. it really was great it when, is great when you when you're able to help a family or parents and they specifically come back to you be like without your help i don't know if i would have ever gotten this or known about this that's got to be a great feeling it's a wonderful feeling and what makes it even better is when we're working with the early child care educator for them to see huh I am this protective factor superhero for this child and for this family. Everything that you're teaching me as a CCRNR really helps them change their lens and their focus about what they're looking at and understanding that they are really integral in the development of the child in their classroom. It's wonderful to see those aha moments from our educators, our directors, our families, and then our community partners who are like, I can do that. And here's a way that I can help. We talked a little bit about some of the bigger challenges that face early childhood educators. Uh, but if someone was possibly looking at this as a career field, what would you say to them as to why they're needed? I would tell them that the work they do is going to be so amazing and so powerful. And while they may not see it immediately, they are going to see it in the future. And they may run into a child that they taught when they were three or four and they're graduating high school. And that child may remember them. It is so awesome to see a teacher run into somebody that they help care for and educate and that person go, oh my goodness, you meant so much to me and you don't even know it. So that that feeling of knowing that you're doing such great work and such important work is important. And it's, it is life-changing. And sometimes you don't feel like your life, you're changing lives, but you really are with every interaction, with every smile, with every word, with every connection you're helping that brain make, you are really making a difference, not only in your small community, but the state and then on the national level. Well put. I hope anybody who's who's seriously contemplating early childhood education um, is listening to this, because the last thing I want to do is scare anybody out. 
of no, doing it. Right. We it's need wonderful. we need yes. early childhood educators. But the fact there are definitely facts that are in place that you can't ignore. Um, and I hope hopefully at some point, maybe more state officials or legislators will look at, look at this as well. Um, if there's any good advice that you'd like to give to parents who are searching or about to start searching for their first child child um, child care center, I should say, or child care just in general, what would be your advice to those parents? I have a couple things I would really encourage parents to do. First of all, look early. Start now. The sooner the better because sometimes the place that you're most interested in will have a wait list and you want to make sure that you're on that wait list or that you're you're ready to be there. I would really encourage parents and families to do drop-ins. Just drop by and see what's going on in that agency and make sure that's where you want your child to be. I would encourage them to ask a lot of questions. Ask all your questions and visit the classroom and look at those interactions that are happening with the educator and the child. Just look at what's happening in the classroom. Take a checklist with you. Um, There are checklists available on the CCRNR website, on Kids Central website. They're just and they're just questions that you, you're going to want to ask about as you're going through the child care agency that you're looking at. I would tell them to think about what's right for their family and make the decision based on that as well. And don't be afraid to ask so many questions. You've said that I mean, a few times. I cannot. I mean, <laughs> you have got to ask your questions and don't be afraid to ask your questions. And, you know, you also, as a parent, have to understand that hopefully these facilities or this organization or business, they're used to this at this point. They want you to ask the questions or hopefully they're they're used to getting asked those questions and answering any parent who, who comes to them. And if you're curious about the agency that you're most interested in or the agencies around you, go online at the Tennessee Department of Human Services and look at the star rating. What are their rating? Do they have any violations? Look at those things because they're available to you so that you can look at what's the quality. Absolutely. Do your research. And if you're not sure where you want to look, the CCRNR does have a referral process and they can tell you what's in your area. We cannot say to you, this is the child care that you need to look at, but we can tell you here are some agencies in your area that may fit the criteria of what you're looking for. Well put, Heather. I think obviously child care is such a, a big topic a lot of people are going to be speaking about. Only, you know, and we've talked a lot about Davidson County, um, but obviously we know a lot of people are moving to Davidson County. Yes. A lot of young families with young kids, and there's not enough child care. So. <laughs> and I think, I think people can make a difference. Yeah. As you're in your community and you're really interested in child care, you can help make that difference. You can help get child care available. And obviously, if you uh, haven't learned by now, but CCRNR is a great resource, not only for the parents, but for anyone who's interested in early childhood education, any community member who just wants to be involved. I mean, CCRNR is a definitely a place uh, we we hope you go. We hope you go. And Heather, thank you so much again for being a guest on Roots and Wings. Is there anything that I did not ask or anything that you wanted to mention or talk about for our listeners? I think we've covered everything. Thank you. It was nice to be here. Thank you. And she came all the way from Chattanooga, (laughs) y'all. Well, thank you again, Heather, and thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you again next month. I'm Jonquil Newland for Roots and Wings. (laughs) 